Blog Talk Radio. Chishni Amandirasun, Allahi Allah. Bibi Amina Kepun, Allahi Allah. Allahi Allah, Bolo Allahi Allah. Bibi Amina Kepun, Allahi Allah. Jabke Sarkar Tashrif Lane Lage. Huro Hilma bi Hushiha Manane Lage. Hataraf Nur Kirosh Nichagei. Mustafa Kyamile Zindagi Milgei. Ehalima Teri God Me Age. Dono Alam Kerasu. Allahi Allah, Chishni Amandi Rasul, Allahi Allah, Allahi Allah. We're already dead, we're already beaten down, we've been beaten down for 400 years, we already got the wounds inside and outside our bodies. How you gonna hurt us? You cannot threaten us, you cannot frighten us, we live in the most frightening places, under the most frightening conditions. We are immune to fear. We are immune to harm. You see what I'm saying? You have stepped into a cesspool. You're the only one going to get infected. Now, I'm no Muslim, but I agree with some of the things they say regarding black people. And if Allah helps to make him a better man than Jesus can, then I'm all for it. Being a black man in America isn't easy. Hunt is all. I'm your host, Abel Hawk. And you're listening to the Dino Within Your Show, the number one Islamic radio show in America, Alhamdulillah. Before we begin, like always, we want to give praise to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and send salawat upon his Nabi, the Prophet Muhammad, Ibn Abdullah. Ibn Abdullah, the scholars of Islam have said that before you begin anything, you should always start off by praising Allah and giving thanks to his messenger. And alhamdulillah, that's the end of who will mess the fiddle who. When I would give Allah, he mentioned you in the first and I. When they said he had a man in there, may I be in the hoofle, but the other. When they yip love for that, had the other. Why shuttle, eh, Ilaha, and Allah, what he likes to recollect. Why shuttle, and the Mohammedan Abdul, who sold all that seller. My bet. Before I begin, I'd like to say all praise and love to the Lord. We seek his aid, we seek his guidance, we seek his help. We seek refuge in the law from Shaitan and his minions, and we seek refuge in the law from the footprints of Shaitan that will lead us to health from law, and we ask the law for penalty to Allah to forgive us for our sins, our faults, and our errors, and whoever alone leads us in God. Whoever leads a straight man from God, and whoever Allah leads a straight man from God, and whoever Allah leads a straight man from God, and whoever Allah guides man from leads a straight, and I've been witness that there's no possible, there's no Messenger, except the messenger of Allah, so that's something. And I've been witness that Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the only God. La ilaha illallah. 
and I've been witness that the Prophet Muhammad is the last Prophet and the Messenger. As what follows, tonight's show is called Any Muslim Who Rejects Hadith as an Innovator. And I wanted to name that, and I want that show, I want this show to be named that because this show is talking about any person who claims to be Muslim who accepted the faith of Islam and rejects Hadith is an innovator. Any Muslim, you should only take from the Quran and not trust Hadith. It's an innovator. You know, you have these Muslims called the Qur'ani, the Qur'ani Noon, who only follow the Quran. Then you have Muslims that say that they do follow Hadith, but they reject a large quantity of Hadith and says that the Hadith doesn't uh, coincide with the Qur'an, and they reject that as well. The reality to it is Akhma Sunnah Jamaat has established that the book and the Sunnah go hand in hand. The Messenger of Allah, so let's tell them. The Quran and the Hadith go hand in hand because the, the Hadith is the explanation of the, the, the Quran. That is the reality to it. The Hadith is the explanation of the Quran. So any Muslim who rejects Hadith is the innovator. And I want to give some, I want to give, uh, I want to clarify a few things tonight, inshallah, if it pleases the law to Allah. Because this show and this topic is very important because we have all types of deviants and people who believe that they're Muslim running around America giving a bad name to Islam and slandering the Muslims and slandering the Sahaba, slandering the Hadith and slandering the law of Allah. And the first are the Muslims who claim that the nation of Islam are Muslim. The nation of Islam are Kufar. Any Muslim who believes that the nation of Islam are Muslims is a misguided person. They're misguided. And they are innovators because the nation of Islam are kufars. They are not effective Islam. A sect of our Islam is people who took their shahada. They said, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. They said, I bear witness there's no God but Allah. And I bear witness that Muhammad is his last prophet and messenger. And then later on, they deviated from the correct minhaj of our Islam. Yet they are still Muslims, but they are innovators. So they are a sect of Islam. They are a sect of Islam and they are innovators. So they're still Muslim, yet they are a sect. They, they are uh, people who, the messenger of Allah, so that someone spoke about, that this religion was divided into 73 groups, all of them being a hellfire except for one, and that is the Akhmah Sunnah Jamaat. And the Akhmah Sunnah Jamaat, according to the ulama, is the vast majority of the Muslim population on the earth for 1,400 years. The vast majority of the Muslim population for the last 1,400 years are the Akhmah Sunnah Jamaat. And the sects, the 73 sects, make up a minority of the Muslim believers and Muslims. Not believers, but Muslims. So, the nation of Islam is not a sect of Islam. They are not Muslim. There are people who believe that Far Muhammad appeared in the name, in, 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 
that there are people who believe that for Muhammad is a lost dependent to Ayla um, in human form. They believe that Elijah Muhammad is the prophet of God, the messenger of Allah. None of these belief systems go coincide with Islam. None of them. So anyone who believes that the nation of Islam or Muslim is misguided innovators. As simple as that. If you want to be a believer in, in the name, if you want to be a believer in the religion of our Islam, there are certain principles and rules that you have to follow in order to believe that, our, that, that you are a believer. Number one, you're supposed to say that there's no God but Allah, and Muhammad is his messenger, and you are supposed to believe that there's uh, that the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is the last prophet and messenger. And anyone who claims to be a prophet after the Prophet Muhammad is a kufar and a deviant. This is the belief system of Akhmah Sunnah Jamaat. So any Muslim who says that the nation of Islam are Muslim, but they are a sect of Islam, then that Muslim is an innovator. Simple as that. Why? Because if you say the nation of Islam is, is a sect of Islam, that means that you're saying that they are Muslim, yet they are deviant. I'm saying they're not Muslim, and they have nothing to do with Islam. So therefore, there are people who claim to be Muslim, but they're not. They are innovators. They, they are kufar because of their belief system. There are people who never took their shahada. They never say, La ilaha illa Muhammad Rasulullah. They never, because if they took their shahada, they'd be Muslim. If they took their shahada and they say, and they say, I shadow on La ilaha Allah, I shadow in the Muhammad Rasulullah, and they turn around and say that, I believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was uh, in human form of far Muhammad and Elijah Muhammad is his messenger, then those two statements took them outside of the fold of Islam. They are kufar. It is that simple. They are kufar. Any Muslim who rejects hadith is an innovator. And I want to make that crystal clear. has been around since the time of the Salaf, since the time of the messenger of Allah. It was written down maybe a hundred years after the Messenger of Allah, but the Hadith itself, the oral translate, transmission, was around. The Messenger of Allah said, so I'm told this to the Sahaba, the Sahaba memorized it. So the Hadith was always there. It may not have been written down except for maybe a hundred years after the, the Prophet so died, but the Hadith was always there. With people who have impeccable memories, mind you. They had impeccable memories. They memorized and uh, there were people who memorized over half the hadith. Um, but, mashallah, if anyone have any questions, any comments, anything they want to add or subtract, then hit the number one on your phone, mashallah, or you can call 917-889-2619, 917-889-2619 if you have any questions, any comments, any concerns. And I wanted to do this show because there are people there are confusing Muslims in the religion of our Islam. And there are Muslims who have the audacity to say that, or say for Haq, you can't say that the nation of Islam are not Muslims. Who are you? Say for Haq is not saying that the nation of Islam is not Muslim. Allah subhanahu wa and the messenger of Allah is telling you that the nation of Islam are kufar. And there will be people who will burn into the hellfire and they die upon their aqidah, upon that belief system that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
is in the form of Far Muhammad. And Elijah Muhammad is his prophet. When you become a Muslim, you you adhere to the, the bylaws of this religion. You adhere to that. And you don't have no say in that. For instance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, he says that if you find someone guilty of the mass, fornication, then you are to whip them with a hundred lashes and do not let compassion move you in the case by Allah defeat by Allah subhanahu So Allah says that if you find any of you if you have an Islamic state, right? And you are the Khalifa and y'all find someone guilty by a court of law that this person is guilty of the mass, then this the punishment for that is not whatever the party uh 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 uh, think it is the punishment that for, for that is a hundred lashes. The law already mandated the punishment for anyone found guilty of zina, a hundred lashes. And he says you ought to whip them with a hundred lashes and do not let compassion move you in a case decreed by law. This means that if this person is supposed to get a hundred lashes because they were found guilty of zina, then a hundred lashes is what they want to get. You can't give them fifty and then they are you know crying and you feel bad for them. He said, passion, move you in a case decreed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So meaning they must get 100 lashes, and you cannot stop hitting them until you reach 100. If you reach 99, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will punish you because you didn't fulfill a commandment in the Quran. If you find one guilty of the mad, then the punishment for that is 100 lashes decreed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And do not let compassion move you and the case received by Allah subhanahu So Allah is saying that their punishment is 100 lashes. That's it. That's the minimum they can get. And you cannot let compassion move you, even though they're crying and they're hollering. No, 100 lashes. So if you become a Muslim, then you adhere to the bylaws and the rules and regulations of our Islam. That those, one of those rules is you cannot become a believer until you take the shahada. You can't become a Muslim until you say, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad al-Rasulullah. That is the reality too. You can't become a Muslim until you say that. So if a person hasn't said, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad al-Rasulullah, that person is a kufar. The nation of Islam are kufar. And if any Muslim believes that the nation of Islam are Muslim, then that, that Muslim is a deviant. And that Muslim might be outside of the fold of Islam because they are making people Muslims that they're not. I can't tell you that the Christians are Muslim. I can't say that. That is that is that is this is dreams. That is a lie. Flat out lie. The nation of Islam are kufar. This is what we have to understand. This is what we have to realize. They are not people who believe in our Islam. They're not people who believe that the Prophet is the last prophet. They're not people who believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above his creation. Not in the in the form of direction, but he's above his creation like he was as, as he was always. And he will always will be. We don't believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had manifested himself in the form of Far Muhammad. That right there is kufr. If a Muslim believes that, then that Muslim fall outside of the Islam. They are too far. If I say, La ilaha Muhammad Rasulullah, I took my shahada, all my sins forgiven, then I tell you that I believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has manifested himself in any human being ever, then I'm a kufar. Simple as that. 
If I tell you that I believe that a man who came after the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is the Prophet of Allah, I'm a kufar. Simple as that. This is the this is the religion of uh, Islam, and we don't have no opinion when it comes to things like, of this manner. And this is the problem: you have too many Muslims to have an opinion when it comes to certain things that Islam says, and they just feel as though they can just just give their opinion without any knowledge. Well, who are you to say the nation of Islam are not Muslim? Only Allah makes Muslims. Only Allah makes Muslims. As if I'm faithful Hakar saying that the nation of Islam was too far because of my own ideology. I'm saying it's too far because the Quran said it's too far. The Hadith said it's too far. Why? Because they have not taken their shahada. And they believe things about Allah that signify kufr. Very simple. Allah is not like anything. There's nothing compared to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing. You cannot make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a form of creation. You can't say Allah is a man. That right there is kufr. So the nation is not a kufr. They're not a sect of Islam. Just like Christianity is not a sect of Islam. Anyone to say that they are something is saying that person is a misguided innovator. Simple as that. And this is what we have to understand. This is what we have to realize. This is dangerous. Dangerous. Because if you say that they are something is not, you're saying that they are Muslim, yet they're just innovative Muslim. No, they are not Muslim, and they're not innovative Muslim. They are too far. Too far. And there's no amount of proof you can bring to say that the nation of Islam are Muslim. There's no proof from the Quran, from the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah to say that these people are Muslim. And any Muslim who rejects Hadith is a Kufar. They're not a Kufar, but they're an innovator. Simple. See, the religion of Islam has been established by the ulama, right? There's certain traditions, there's certain principles that we adhere to that make us part of the Akhmasim ulama, make us part of the tradition, right? You can't become a Muslim and do your own thing. You have, to, you have to adhere to the tradition that the scholars have set up in order for us to be, you know, guided and right, unless you want to be misguided. So if you want to be a Muslim who's guided by a law to come to Ireland, then you have to follow certain traditions. You have to follow certain principles. It's like you can't get around that. You have to. It's not an option. Just like when you become a Muslim, the, uh, the Salat, is a, is, a, is a form of prayer that is already uh, developed by Allah and his messengers. How you pray, or you pray like this, you enter the salah by saying Allahu Akbar. After you say Allahu Akbar, you fold your hands on your chest, or you fold your hands on your navel, or some schools of thought, you fold your hands on your thigh. You don't fold them on your thigh. You leave your hands placed at your thigh, and you recite the Afatiha. After the Afatiha, you recite a surah of the Qur'an. After the surah of the Qur'an, you say, Allah Akbar, then you go down to your knees, and you say, Subhanahu wa Bilalim, Subhanahu wa three times. Then you say, Simi Allah, Huli Minhaminam, as you're coming up, Rabbinu Lakaham. Then you say, Allah Akbar, you put your head on the ground, and you say, Subhanahu wa Bilalim, Subhanahu wa Bilalim, Subhanahu wa Bilalim, three times. Then you come up, you say, Allah Akbar. You go down, Allahu Akbar. Subhanahu wa bi'ah, subhanahu wa bi'ah, subhanahu wa bi'ah, three times, and you say, Allahu Akbar, and stand up. 
and there's one rakat of prayer. Some salat has three rakat, some salat has four, some salat has two. Some salat is supposed to be spoken out loud, some salat you speak to yourself. All this is already formulated by Allah and Messenger. And I, as a person who entered the religion of Islam, have no question about that. I have no opinion about that. I can't say that you can make three rakats for Salatul Isha. I can't say that. If I say that, I'm a kufar. I'm not innovating, I'm a kufar. Because I'm saying, I'm going to get something that's clearly been established by Allah and His Messenger. Clearly been established by Allah and His Messenger. This is what we have to understand, brothers and sisters. I mean, you may not be a kufar, but you're definitely an innovator, and it takes you outside. Or you reject certain principles in a religion. Like, for example, I'll give you an example, right? In the Quran, Allah says alcohol is haram, right? I'm a Muslim. If I say alcohol is halal, I'm a kufar. Quran says illegal sex is haram. If I have sex before with a woman while before we get married, that is haram. If I say you can have sex with a woman before you get married. That's how I'm going to move forward. Because I'm going against certain principles in the Quran. I'm going against certain subject matters that has already been established by Allah and His Messenger. Allah says, obey Allah and obey His Messenger and obey those in authority amongst you. But then He says, whoever whoever disobeys Allah and disobeys He says, whoever disobeys Allah and disobeys Messenger and follow away other than the Kufar. Then they have, uh, then I will lead them into the path that they follow and put them in hellfire. Simple. Because if you reject, if we reject the path of the kufar, if we reject the path of the believers that we have this path, I specifically you might have this path, and you reject it, then you are going to be led into the hellfire. Allah is going to lead you to the hellfire because you rejected every person in this land. You rejected all the believers. All the scholars, you rejected all of them will come up with your own thought pattern. So you're going to go to the hellfire just for that. If you rejected all of the scholars, because all of the, how can all the scholars agree about something? You say, well, I don't agree with them. Okay, well, you're going to be in the path of the hellfire, and you're going to uh, be to guided right there. Allah's going to guide you right there. Simple as that. This is what we have to understand as people who believe in the law of the time. As I move on, we are living in the time, brothers and sisters, where people who call themselves Muslims are losing their minds. You have Muslims who believe that you can be a Muslim and a homosexual. You have Muslims who believe that homosexuality is somehow permitted you know what I'm saying? But the scholars is covering it up because they were born gay. So, like, why would the law create a person to be born gay and punish them? You have Muslims who believe that you can slander prophets and disrespect the prophets. You have Muslims who believe the nation of Islam, a Muslim, that they only a sect of Islam. I mean, you have Muslims who believe all types of things. These things have to be clarified. They really do. These things have to be clarified. And this is what we're trying to to do tonight. That's why I have uh, Hanif Ali and Hanif coming on to clarify a few things as well. 
because the Muslims are losing their minds. Like, Islam been around for 1,400 years as a tradition. If you go to Google right now, all of you listening to the Dean of Virginia show, I want you to go to Google, right? And I want you to type in, type in this in Google. Um, um, where is the largest amount of Muslims in the world? Are they Sunni? Are they Salafi? Are they Shiite? What is the largest amount of population of Muslims that make up the religion of Islam in the world? And you will see that 85% of the religion of our Islam is made, made up of Akhma Sunni Sunni Muslims. And this 85% of the religion of Islam says that the nation of Islam are Kufar. And say no one make them Muslim. I don't care how you try or what you would proof you can't bring no proof, first of all. But um I will go to and then I need Abu Ali on the line right now, inshallah, so he can clarify these issues of uh anyone who rejects Hadith that they are innovative. Look, man, I don't want you to go nowhere, you know, just uh, we'll both just have a discussion here, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I think it uh, works out well that way, you know what I mean? Uh, but as far yeah. as what you were saying, yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know if you dealt with uh, the science of Hadith, you know. Uh, so I, I yeah. didn't think that would be for you to deal with it. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to say a few things. I mean, nothing real complex, but uh, what we had to do, it was necessary to do, is, is to debunk um, many of the ideas out here that people are, are spreading. They're not really anything new. I mean, it's stuff that has been going on for the, for the longest. I mean, even since the, you know the early days of Islam. But uh, it needs some attention right now because it seems to be taking a little steam. But what it is is it's the people that the Prophet Sallallahu actually prophesied uh, called Qur'aniyun. Quran meaning people like of Quran. And um when we say people of Quran in a bad context, we mean Quran to the exclusion of the other sources of Islamic law and sources of Islamic knowledge. Like the Quran just exclusively to the exclusion of other sources. Okay. Um and typically in agreement with the, the the title that we gave, typically what you'll find is most groups that do not represent the normative Islam or what has become to be known as normative Islam or Sunni Islam, typically what they'll do is this similar type of formula. Okay, we'll accept the, the Quran, but uh, we reject Hadith or we reject most Hadith. Either it's reject most hadith or reject, you know, the hadith science, you know, in, in general. And normally it's on the basis of a, of a few misunderstandings. The first misunderstanding is this, that the hadith were not collected during the, time, the life of the Prophet wasallam. that uh, the Prophet wasallam did not want hadith to be written, uh, that um, hadith, the first book of hadith, was put together somewhere around 300 years after the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, um, and 
uh, and on other things on the basis that, well, some hadith are weak, right? So because some are weak, then, you know, we have to be skeptical about all of them, you know. And it's usually an argument, something uh, put forth like that. Now, to deal with um, one of them is this, this myth that the hadith were not collected in a book until about 300 years after the, the death uh, of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is probably uh, one of the most easiest to, to debunk uh, because, I mean, um, we have books that are existent today, hadith books, that were written before 300, collected before 300. Matter of fact, the majority the, the major books, okay, 300 is like a ridiculous number because you talk about Bukhari. You remember Bukhari lived during the time of Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal, right? You're talking uh, two, around 250, 240, these types of areas, and he collected his books, all right? But beyond that, we have uh, the Mu'at of Imam Malik, which many say is the first book of hadith collected. The reality is it is it actually is not the first collected, but it's the first collected that was organized by subject matter. Okay, there were other books of hadith that were in, in, in existence during the time of Malik, and actually before Malik. However, Malik was the first to organize hadith according to subject matter, meaning okay, we start with uh, prayer time, so only have hadith that are dealing with. You know, prayer times. They go into uh, wudu. So all the hadith are dealing with wudu. Uh, then, well, then you go into just different subject matter like that, where the hadith related to a particular subject matter are put together. This is what separated Mu'atta from other books. Besides, Mu'atta is all authentic as well. But generally, the subject matter is what, what, make, what makes it um, stand out. But other uh, early books of hadith. You had called, called the Abu Ya'la's collection of, of, of hadith. You had um, collection of hadith by uh, Bukhari, Muslim, and Sa'i. All of this was before 300. All right, so the 300 thing is ridiculous. But when we talk about how early the hadith uh, collection went, it went something like like this. You had, during the life of the Prophet Wasallam companions who wrote hadith down, like one of them being Abi Huraira, radiallahu anha. All right, he used to actually write hadith. He would follow the Prophet Wasallam and he would actually write and jot down things. Okay, so it did happen during his life as well. Um, but then many of the others uh, who narrated a lot of hadith, like uh, Aisha, the mother of the believers, radiallahu anha, uh, uh, Abdullah ibn Umar, uh, uh, and, and 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 others, you know the the, the various muhadithin uh, amongst the you know from the companions who lived during that time. They some of them were writing them down, okay. So there wasn't anything um, like really new about that. But primary the primary way of uh, holding on to knowledge, though, was through the written word, through memorization. That was the primary method or primary mode of, uh, of spreading it. And that is the most effective mode. Even to this day, it still is the most effective way because along with that can be taught the context behind the hadith, different things like that. All right, so 
we're talking about that's the life of the Prophet Sallallahu number one. All right. Some years later, during the the uh, the caliphate of Omar ibn Abdul Aziz, who is very early, very early Muslim, uh, Muslim ruler, who was the grandson of Umar ibn al-Khattab, he was from the, the Umayyad uh, Khulafa, or the Umayyad rulers. And oftentimes he's considered the fifth caliph or the sixth caliph. If you if you include uh, Hassan ibn Ali ibn Abi Talib, all right. So, uh, so Umar ibn Abdul Aziz lived very early. He was before Malik. Okay, Malik was born in eighty three. He was born in eighty three. All right, just so you have some context. Our calendar starts during the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Once the Muslims set forth in Medina. The, the Muhajireen made the uh, the Hijra from Mecca to Medina. The moment they stepped forth in Medina, this is considered year one of the calendar when we say AH. Okay? When the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam passed, right, he died either in year 12 or year 13. Okay, so year 12 or year 13, we mark as the death of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Malik was born. In 83, okay, which is approximately about 60, right, or 70 years later, okay, so, so if you so if you like a 13 to 83, about 70 years later, Malik was born, all right, so this is not very far from the time of the Prophet Wasallam. so we can debunk these, these theories, okay, but my point is, I'm, I'm Ibn Abdul Aziz, it's very important here, he was before Malik. So we're talking uh, his, his his caliphate. We're talking around sixty, fifty, you know, AH. Okay, so we're talking merely thirty, forty years after the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was uh, Amr ibn Abdul Aziz. You know, he was the caliph of the Ummah. Okay, so it was Amr ibn Abdul Aziz who had commissioned hadith to be collected. Okay, so we're talking around fifty, sixty around this time. Not 300, not 1,000, none of that. Around the year 50, 60, okay? The Khalifa of the Ummah, who was Ibn Abdul Aziz at that time, had commissioned uh, a number of men to go and collect all the hadith. One of the men he commissioned was Ibn Shihab, known as Imam Az-Zuhri, Ibn Shihab. All right, Ibn Shihab was one of the major teachers of Imam Malik, okay, who was who compiled Al-Muwatta. All right, so even she has one of the men who went out and commissioned, and there were others uh, who did who did so uh, as well. All right, so this even she had becomes one of the teachers of Imam Malik, and Imam Malik is the one who was the first to to collect hadith according to subject matter, to compile them according to subject matter. However, even she had, uh, you got to understand, hadith were being written down. Uh, Ibn Shihad al-Zuhri, the method he would teach Malik would be, you write the hadith, you write it down, okay, on a slate. You know, he would write down 40 hadith, and he would teach them to, to his students. The students would learn those hadith from him. Then they would go off on their own and memorize those 40. Once they have those 40, they'd come back to Imam al-Zuhri, and they would give him another 40, 
Okay? Malik was so proficient that Malik comes his first day. He's a young student. Okay? If she had, gives Imam Malik 40 hadith. Malik leaves, comes back the next day, ready for his next hadith, next 40. So Ibn Shihab said, he said, what? He said, he said, young man, come back when you've memorized the others. He said, I have. He said, oh, recite them. Malik recited all 40 without mistakes. So Ibn Shihab said, okay. He said, you're one of the vessels of knowledge. You recognize someone that's similar to himself. So he gives Malik 40, gives him 40 that day. Right? Then this time, Malik comes back later that same day and ready for his next 40. Okay? So he was memorizing at least 40 hadith every single day for years. And he was, they were constantly being checked by teachers, by students, by others, and without mistakes. So this is how proficient these people were in the, in the, in the area of, uh, of preserving hadith without making mistakes from memory. All right? So this is what you have to know about, about them. And they were also very keen on making sure hadith were authentic, separating the lies from no, from from. Uh, and this is one thing we have to understand here too. Is that typically Muslims back then, especially when we're talking about the big ulama, the people who handled the hadith, the Maliks, the Ibn Shihabs, the the um the the, the Imam um, the Shaybanis, okay, the Abdullah bin Mubarak, the Ahmad bin Hanbal, the Bukhari's, the Muslims. Typically, these people were better Muslims than you and I. Okay, you may think this is irrelevant, but no, it's very relevant. It's very relevant because hadith is is nothing other than news. Okay, it's news. It's news that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam said this. It's news that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam did that. It is a very important thing in Islam among. With Muslims That when spreading news When news is spreaded The condition of the person spreading that news The status of that person Who is that person Is very important It's, it's central to it In Islam As we know Allah Ta'ala He tells us this In Surah Al-Hujra That if a fasik He says Allah Ta'ala says What means If a fasik comes to you with news Ascertain the truth Right So this is a basic principle in Islam This is what we do all right, so it's very important to know that Malik was pious. Bukhari was pious. Muslim was pious. These things are important to us, right? Because if it's a person that, that's impious, you know, you, you, you begin to doubt the, 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 uh, the information. All right, so this is very important to us. Just, imagine, just think, if us, as sinful as we are, as miserable as we are, as wretched as we are, even if among us, you know, let's say we consider ourselves to be pretty, pretty good Muslims, if we're concerned about the hadith being correct and and and, and 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 not being something that can lead us astray or being something that's the word of man and all these different things, what do you think they were like? All right, these are people who didn't miss salah. All right, forget missing salah. They didn't miss salah late. Right, that's a major thing to come to the masjid late to miss. They didn't miss the salah at the masjid that was made upon the event of the of the Muadhin. They didn't miss that. Right? These people didn't miss the Hajjud, you know, for years. Right? These people didn't not fast Ramadan, you know, with every little excuse not fasting and, and, and all these different These people weren't fornicators. People weren't meeting up with, with uh, the prospective brides and, and, and hanging out with intendants. And all these, these people didn't do these types of things. 
it's commonplace to do these things now, to miss a prayer here and there. It's regular. It's no big deal. If you hear about a Muslim, he missed prayer for a day. It's really not a big deal. Somebody slept through Fajr. It's not a big deal. It's definitely not a big deal to, to not go to the masjid for a prayer. Miss him on missing Juma. Okay, it's not a big deal. This is the time we live in. Let's just be real. All right? And these are the people that some of us are taking knowledge from. A person will just do a Facebook Live. This person has no reputation of being righteous at all. A person can actually have a reputation for being wretched. You know? And all they got to do is say, hey, don't judge me, and that's enough. A person can have a reputation for being in their garb, out of their garb, uh, here and there. A person can have a reputation for being a bad wife to their husband. A person can have a reputation for having bastard children with non-Muslims and all these different things. Right? They can have any type of reputation. Do a Facebook Live show or do whatever. And people will actually take them seriously, right? This is the time we live in. This, this, is, this is the time we live in. All right, so understand that the people who came before us were not like that. If you were a person that is known to be a fornicator, right, you, you, you're not going to be narrating hadith. The hadith is automatically weak. Bukhari's going to look at, oh, that fornicator is in that chain is weak. It's that simple. You could be telling the truth. Oh, that fornicator is in there. I'm not taking that hadith. Don't even bring that to me. This, this, this person, this, this sister in the garb, out of the garb. She's in the chain. This is going to be rejected. It's going to be weak. All right. So the first thing is, these people who start these, spreading these types of things, saying this kind of stuff, who have bad reputations themselves, aren't known as pious Muslims themselves. They shouldn't even be listened to. That's number one. All right. Now back to the the actual meat of the, the topic here. You you had so we debunked that this idea that um, you know hadith were narrated through, it came through any years after the time of the prophet. So it's, it's nonsense. No, the, the complete nonsense, utter lies. And anyone who says this is an ignoramus, right? They don't they don't know, haven't studied anything, and no one should take anything from them. Okay, because they're not pious and they not haven't studied and they're speaking without knowledge, which is maybe the most impious thing that they're doing. Um, the next thing, of course, is uh, because some hadith are weak, you know, you should be skeptical about them all. Really? Um, I'll say this. I'll say this. To be skeptical, period, just in general, is okay, right? But that skepticism if a person is really a skeptic, a skeptic, and they have that skepticism in their heart, the proper uh, action to take, excuse me, for, the, for this person, would be to try to remove the skepticism, right? That's the natural thing. I don't want to be skeptical about my Lord and my worship. So what this person would do is, right, go, re, go seek knowledge in hopes of removing the skepticism. Right? Like, like for example, if I'm not sure about Hadith being strong or weak or if I could trust Bukhari or Muslim saying it's strong or weak. If I feel that way, if I'm sincere, I would go take a Hadith class, right? So that way at least I can check Bukhari based on knowledge. I could try to check Muslim based on knowledge. Right? But to sit here and just be a skeptic, you know, but you ain't you ain't taking it behind the way of studying. You're not trying to find out the truth. What is that? Right? That's just lazy stuff. Right there, nobody respects that. You, you like, what are you doing? So, 
one thing I would say is the way the skepticism is removed, confidence in the science of Hadith is attained, it's through studying Hadith. And you don't have to go to the University of Al-Azhar. You don't have to go to Zaytuna. You don't have to do that. You can simply go and take on an introductory course in the science of Hadith, which there have been many of them here in the city. So I don't really want to hear that excuse about they're, they're not available. Imam Amin Muhammad, the Imam and the Master Muhammad in Atlantic City. He's been teaching Hadith for years. He used to teach right in Master Allah, very accessible. Master Allah in uh, Germantown, right? Old God's Avenue or or, uh, or Lime, Lime Kiln Pike now, I think, right? He's been, he's been teaching that there for the longest. He's been teaching it in also in um, – in Atlantic City at times. Sheikh Abdullah bin Hamid Ali had a class on an introduction to Hadith as well, Hadith science. Okay? Uh, we've had Sheikh Samir al-Nas, okay, one of the big scholars of, of Sham, Syria, come here and teach this, this class no less than two or three times. We've had Sheikh Ahmad bin Hijra come here and teach uh, introduction to the science of Hadith. I'm sure that if a person wants to find it, he can Google it and find it on YouTube. A class given by someone who's qualified dealing with the introductory science of Hadith. And there were simple things about what makes Hadith strong, what makes Hadith weak. What is the difference between weak and strong? Is Hassan, is it strong, is it weak? What is Hassan Hadith, right? It's just a Hadith that's fair. It's between strong and weak. How, how long did that exist? Who was the first person to, to come up with this concept? All these different types of things is readily available for someone, for people that are sincere, right? But no, we don't do that. We're not sincere. We just want to talk crap, right? We want to do whatever it is we want to do, uh, whether it's, you know, uh, have boyfriends or whether it's, uh, you know, eat at 12 o'clock, talking about you fasting so you want to eat to, to 12 p.m. and stuff like that. Whatever it is, it's just something you want to do on your own. Right, because you're too lazy, your iman is too weak, right? You're just a horrible, just Muslim in general. So instead of changing from being horrible to being good, what you want to do is you want to take the sharia and, and like a clay, twist it up so it can fit your horrible behind. This is what this is what we want to do. This is the mentality we've taken on. As I said before, the people that came before us, when we pray salatul and, you know, we pray the prayer, we say Al-Fatiha, and we say, al-mustaqim. He said, guys, straight away, Surat al-Adina an'amta alayhim. The way of those whom you have given your grace. When we ask to be like that, we're asking to be like those who came before us. And those who came before us, they were people who came into the world. They accepted the deen of Allah. They accepted the way of Allah. They have Decided that they're going to submit to Allah Right, they accepted the religion And they took the religion And changed the world That's what they did When you look and study the history of Islam What did they do? They took the religion, accepted it the way it was And they changed the world We are people on the other hand Who have accepted the world That's what we've done, we've accepted the world And with our acceptance of the world We want to take and change the religion We're the complete opposite of those who came before us and um, that's pretty much, you know, my opening uh, statements I had to say. I'd rather deal with some questions, callers, uh, hear your input, say, Vahaka, do you have any questions or anything about something I said that, you know, maybe you want, do you want to add to it or whatever, you know? 
that we believe that Allah came in the form of Master Farmama. So the question isn't how you feel about the nation of Islam or whatever. What you got to do is look at Article 13. Is Article 13 Islam or is it Kufr? Anyone who believes Article 13 is a Kafir. Just that simple. We don't believe Allah come down in the form of a man. Far Muhammad, that guy? Come on, man. It's real simple. Like, you shouldn't even be wasting a lot of time on that. How you feel is irrelevant. It's secondary. What does it mean? People I love. But what is that going to do in the day of judgment? I have no power there. I have no power on that day. I got a power right now. I can't make people be Muslim who don't want to be Muslim. I can't change Islam just so I can call a person Muslim. It is what it is. So what I recommend you do, instead of putting all this effort into arguing with your Sunni, with your Muslim brothers uh, about people who aren't Muslim, don't give a damn about Islam, wouldn't give a damn about, you know, Allah and his messenger. He said, obviously they don't. You're going to slander Allah by saying he came to earth. If you're going to slander the messenger of Allah by saying another prophet came after him, or you're going to play games with it, uh, Muhammad was the last uh, prophet, but he wasn't the last messenger. This is, how, this is like ridiculous, right? Because that, that's another game they play. And them and Ahmadiyya, you know, both two Kafir groups, right? This is this is this is the game they play. They they where Allah Taala says in the Quran, you know, that that Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam is uh, he, he says that Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is not the father of any of you men, but he is the um, Seal of the prophets, okay? Khatim and Nabiin, that's what he is. That's what he is. He's a seal of the prophets. So they say here, he didn't say seal of the messengers. So that means it's possible to be a prophet, be a messenger, which, like, anyone who studied any level of Aqidah, especially just basic level, would know this is nonsense, okay? This isn't even possible. And the reason being is because it's impossible uh, to be a messenger without being a prophet. Okay? It's possible to be a prophet without being a messenger. All right? Because you have a few different levels. When it comes to human beings, you have believers, you have Oliya. Then you have, beyond them, okay, you have prophets, Nabi'een, and then you have messengers, Rasul, Mursaleen. Okay? Every, the messenger He's all of those things. He's a believer. He's a wali. He's a messenger. I mean, he's a believer, he's a wali, he's a prophet, and he's a messenger. Okay? The prophet has everything under that. He's a believer. He's a wali, friend of Allah. And he's a prophet. But he's not a messenger. Okay? Because the messenger is another level. An example of a prophet who's not a messenger is Harun, the brother of Musa. Right, you have Moses, you have Aaron, okay? Harun is Aaron, and you have Moses, Musa. Musa was a messenger. Aaron was a prophet, okay? So he was a higher level than Aaron, okay? Now, what they're trying to say is that Elijah Muhammad, Elijah Muhammad, okay, uh, is a messenger, Right, but no, he's not a prophet because the law says Muhammad is the last seal of the prophets. 
All right, so they try to say, no, he's a messenger, but not a prophet. But trying to imply, you know, a messenger is less than a prophet. No, since a messenger is more than a prophet, then that would mean he is a prophet as well. Right? So right there, that just that, that whole thing debunks them, period. They, they debunk themselves with it. Um, so there's that. To believe that any that is ever was a prophet or messenger after Muhammad is kufr. And we can't tire of saying it. We can't tire of saying it. We can't tire of saying it. If the, every time the issue comes up, we're going to tell them again, yes, it's kufr. Right? We, we said it was kufr in 1960, right? Okay, still kufr now. Said it was kufr in 1970? Yes, yeah, still kufr now. Said it was kufr in 1980? Still kufr now. Okay, in, in 2017, it's not going to change. It's not going to change in 2018. It's not going to change in 2020. It's not going to change in 3015. Right, if, if by some miracle we're still around, but the, 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 the world is still around, it will still be kufr. It's eternally kufr. Okay, the only way they'll be okay is to, is very simple, to renounce all those beliefs and come into real Islam. It is that simple, and I don't even know why this is even an issue. I really don't. I really, really, really don't know why it's an issue. Um, but like you said, yeah, the, the, you know, there's various problems, man, you know, various problems. Wow. So we got any callers on here? Nobody with these hands. All yeah. right, callers, you got something to say? You know, just push one. You know, we want to get to you, want to hear what you got to say so we can make this a successful event. You know, uh, whatever you want to talk about, even if you don't want to talk about this topic, you have a question about something else, something related to fasting that you're not sure about because there's some confusion out here about when you break the fast, when you start fasting. Right? If you have questions about that, um, this is the time to address it. Um, you know, we really make ourselves available, just your brothers, um, about any subject, okay? Whether or not, you know, what is the Islamic position on things like homosexuality, whatever. Whatever the issue is, you know, this is the this is the time. It doesn't have to necessarily be related to the topic, though that's preferred, it does not have to. Inshallah. No. I definitely agree with that. You know, there's a lot of things definitely need to be cleared up in today's time. Yeah. Yeah. This is the reason why we brought Dean over doing your back one and so we can clarify these issues. You know, people yeah. stand there and messengers. You got people saying uh, agreeing with homosexuality, people saying you can eat your food and sunrise. This is all yeah. types of people just saying anything, man. This is why it's dangerous for a person to open up the Quran and start giving their own rulings because they go against the scholars, they go against the law. Yeah, they go against so much, so much tradition. And that's one of the things that's going to have to be brought back is um, is consensus. That, that's 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 something we're really going to have to like bring back and start pushing. Is consensus because uh, a lot of people are really exiting Islam just from that standpoint. They're going against the beliefs of the Muslims, and um, this this is becoming real common. People are thinking, okay, we can go back and start checking the. Uh, the rulings that the early scholars made and all these types of things, and it's just getting out of control. Because, and one of the one of the uh, things too, 
is a scholar's got to be careful too, because a scholar not only is a person that has knowledge, the person that we go to, but a scholar also has to be an example of how Islam is practiced. And oftentimes, many of the scholars, some of them in our age, man, you know, they're, they're looking at we, they're taking weak opinions for things as opposed to the to the Jim Hor and stuff like that. And what happens is when the common people see you doing that, they start to believe it's okay for them to do that. So that that's just something you know. They, uh, I think a lot of people need to think about. You know, like if, if everyone leaves it alone, it will it will likely be left alone. Uh, I mean, any scholars making up rulings or our main factual evidence to back it up, like women can get breast implants, things like that, which is remarkable because we all know the dangers of changing the creation of a law from the Ta'ila. This is one of the reasons why women couldn't get hair um, extensions. You know, one of the reasons why they couldn't, like, alter their teeth. You know, it's around for them to, like, you know, straighten the teeth and things like that. You can't change the creation of a law from the Ta'ila. Mm-hmm. So to make it possible to say that women can get breast implants, and that's halal, that, that's, that's a extremely dangerous, man, because... He, this individual is a person who graduated from the university, so he understands and has traditional knowledge at his disposal. And he has teachers that he can contact. So I'm, 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 I'm it's like, it's, 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 it's mind blowing. Yes, that, that, was, that was really sad and disappointing. That whole thing was really sad and disappointing right there. Uh, because you know you're dealing with some some, some was just like passed down through like the peer pressure of maybe the government things like that. And those fatwas is wrong, but you can understand them because they're being pressured. But that particular fatwa that wasn't can get breast implants, there's no pressure on that. Nobody cares about that. Even no anymore. reason. There's yeah. no there's no, no reason for having a marching band and saying that we need to get breast implants. Sisters don't even think about breast implants, honestly. That's not even one of the things major that sisters might have problems with. First of all, it's going to cost you about five to 10000 And the majority of women on earth is not paying for that. That's just how they told it. So it's like, yeah. no reason to even pass the fossil like that. What do you think? It's just wrong. And it's dangerous. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. I don't I don't understand it, 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 it at all. I don't get why a man like talking about that. He cares. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, guess I'm just lost when it comes to that one. Uh, teach people to have gratitude. How about that? Like, like a scholar should be reminding you of Allah. Shouldn't be just trying to find a way for you to please your nefs every which way. He should be trying to guide you to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And really, that's an opportunity to remind this person, man, no, you're beautiful because Allah created you like that. That's why you're beautiful. The hell what people think, you know, this is this is what he wanted you to be. So that you shouldn't be wanted. You shouldn't want to be anything other than what he wants you to be. You know, this is an opportunity to teach that, you know, which is something that can bring someone closer to Allah, make them a better person. But instead, you know, you want to find a way to make it so you could just obey your nest. That is not the objective of goal of a scholar. It's not his job. Oh, but I don't, I don't know what's going on. I think you lose sight of that, man. 
This is why Allah Ta'ala, when he describes the scholars, he says that, that, uh, he says, he says, those who fear Allah, the ulama. Right? When Allah Ta'ala describes the scholars, he only describes them in that verse. He doesn't go into, he describes like their characteristics. It's very interesting. He talks about those who fear Allah are the ulama. You don't say those who memorized these books and did this uh, or did all this prayer, none of that. He said those who fear Allah, they're the ulama. And that's very deep. It's very deep. Very deep wisdom with that. And it's always fascinating, too, the way Allah describes. Even how he describes the awliya of Allah. Right? The, those worshipers who he takes as friends. Very interesting. And, uh, and I want to spend a day talking about this one day. But uh, very interesting. Allah says, he says, uh, as for the awliya, uh, he said, on them, there's no fear, which is khashya, and no grief. Right? Hazim. Right? On them is no fear or grief. Why did Allah describe the awliya like that? Like, why, why do you think? This is, this is a question for you or just for anyone who wants to freeze, just to think about it. Why, do you, why did Allah describe the only man as being those without fear or grief? Um, because he was going to uh, bless them to be in a position where right, they don't have to fear take care or grief. Yeah. That's true. But now do this. This is something that I heard like a, a, a Sufi scholar say before. This is going deep. You ever heard of the concept of like uh, giving a wakt, like into so if like you're the son of the times, like you're living in, in the moment, living in the moment. Mm-hmm. He said that he said that the awliyah they live in the moment. That's what Allah meant. How does he how does he know that? He said because you talk about fear, you talk about grief, two emotions that the, that the, the the wali of Allah doesn't have. Fear is always related to the uh, uh, it's always related to the future. Meaning, I'm concerned about what might happen to me in the future. Something that is about to happen. Fear is always about the future. You can't fear something in the past because it's over with. It's always about fear. If I turn this corner, this is going to happen. Or that's going to happen. And grief is always about the past. It's always about, oh, damn, that happened to me, or I did that sin, so I'm, I'm in this state where I just feel grief, or someone died, or whatever. It's always about something that already happened. Already happened. But the only yeah, don't experience that because they live in the present. <clears throat> you live in the moment. They live in the moment right then. So they don't. They don't. They, they're not. They're not uh, affected by fear and grief. The future and the past. I like how that joint is deep. Mm-hmm. That joint is deep, man. Yeah, it's definitely deep. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely deep. Yeah. It's definitely deep. Like they, they get the maximum out of every moment they're in right there. They get the maximum out of it. They don't desire to be in any situation other than where they're at at the moment. That's all they desire. Because at the moment is when you're with Allah. The past and the present, you know, I mean, the, the, the future and the past, what's that? It's over with or it didn't happen yet. 
in the loss of dollars right now. He's a reality. Exactly. He's heavily present. Yep. Exactly. Too deep, man. But one day I want to just spend and just talk about just that concept. Inshallah. When we, when we deal with more spirituality, spiritual matters. Because that's, what, that's what's definitely needed. We just got to fear Allah. If you fear Allah, you're just not going to. Just not gonna be in the nation. I'm sorry. Just not. <laughs> Fear Allah, you're not gonna just be an open homosexual talking about you Muslim. Fear Allah, you're not gonna be a woman leading the prayer. You fear Allah, you're just not gonna be any of that stuff. And and fear of Allah is an internal thing. It's not external. It's internal. So we gotta deal with the internal thing. Deal deal with what's going on inside the heart. After. Absolutely have to. All right. No questions, no callers, huh? Nope. Uh, I'm about to end the show, inshallah. Stop putting some food yeah. on so I can break my face. Yep. That's exactly what I'm about to get into. Right? So, alhamdulillah, it was a nice show, inshallah. I guess if people at least they had nothing to say, no questions, that's fine. At least they benefit, inshallah. Uh, they all go. They all still go to iTunes and all that, right? Yeah, yeah. iTunes, Tune In Radio. I'm talking to you now. I'm on YouTube as well, so. Inshallah, inshallah. And God bless the families of the Muslims fasting and the sick. And God bless them with good health. Because the mission the grave, make the grave spacious for the eye can see. I forgive the sins of all the missions on the earth. Amen. Allah Mamdi. Assalamualaikum.